everybody, and welcome to Business Meets Spirituality, where we believe in personal growth through business success. Today, we are sharing with you a conversation I had with three of our current Project U alumni about the meaning of personal growth, overcoming relationship challenges, and letting go. For the first time on the show, you hear from Matt Kelderman about his experience and what motivates him to work on himself. Then you get to hear again from our past Business Meets Spirituality guests, Amanda and Mia, about how this year-long transformational coaching experience has helped shift their mindsets and find more peace in life. We are sold out for Project U 2022, but if you are interested in trying the program next year, head to adamhergenrother.com slash project dash you and get in touch with our team. All right. Well, thank you all, uh, you're wonderful human beings for joining me today. Um, I know how much uh, of a journey you've been on um, personally and business-wise for all three of you. So I would um, love the opportunity to receive some guests on, but also just to really hear your kind of story about and I'd like to start with, with Matt, um, of just like walk us through, you know, a, a couple of years ago, you even, you started project U and then you kind of jumped out cause it got a little bit too much into it and, and kind of walk us through your own, you know, Matt, your own personal journey and, uh, not just as it relates to project U, but just what does personal growth mean to you? What has it shown up and kind of walk us through that own journey of yours. It's funny. So like, I, I was fortunate enough to be part of the first project U class and I was like, I think, I did not, wasn't the first person also to not finish. <laughs> um, <laughs> Four years my ago. Life, is that my crazy? life was, yeah, exactly. My life was kind of imploding at the time even when I signed up for project U and I was kind of in damage control mode and um, everything kind of hit the fan, honestly, in kind of that third session um, or right before it. And, and my marriage, it kind of came apart. And it, it wasn't really working great in life for me. So unfortunately I had to, I had to walk away from the opportunity at the time, but the personal growth aspect started in that very first one, right? There was, well, you, why do you, you think you had something. to walk away? I'm just curious. Um, I think at the time I was very financially scared, right? Yeah. Like I was just so scared of what was going to happen in my life. It was, I was already on razor thin finances anyways. And yeah. you know, the, the impending divorce, having a kid, you know, divorce is scary and the stuff you say to each other is scary. So I thought my yeah. whole world was ending, you know? So I would just kind of eject, I, I went straight survival mode. Yeah. you know, yeah. and kind of leaned it's, up it's, everything. It's pretty amazing when somebody's going through a personal challenge like that, how we can just revert back to a survival mode like that and just how it changes all of our habits. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was rough. And you also said something at the time, cause you know, you were, you know, you and I had so many conversations in the background, you were so supportive of everything. You're like, look, just embrace. And we, it was on our conversation today that we just had, you know, just embrace the fact that this is going to suck. Don't look for the silver lining in it. It's going to be some stage of bad, worse, and horrible for a certain <laughs> period of time, right? Just understand that and, and learn in this difficult time, be aware and be kind of analytical of the, the pain process. And that was the beginning of a longer journey for me that like, I'm still very much in. Yeah. So, all right. Um, so you, you jumped cool. into the first one and you made it, uh, I think it's like four or five months and then, and then kind of all hell broke loose. Yeah. And yeah. So what brought yeah. you back? Uh, to project you and what, and more importantly, what brought you back to really want to be um, making your life more about an inward journey? Well, you know, I, I'm, I'm, my, I have a seven-year-old son, right. And I'm started really noticing my personality showing up in him and not always in the greatest ways, right? Mm -hmm. Like he was definitely a lot of my learned behavior, the frustration, some of my follow through with things, right. You know, you guys know this by my, my habit stacking hasn't been amazing. So my follow through is really difficult. And I started seeing that in him. And I think I was shielded by that a little bit during the marriage because there's two people there. Right. But when you know, you're there and you have your child half the time, you notice so much more stuff. Yeah. And I just started realizing there was a lot of things I did that I was just exhausted by myself with, 
You know what I mean? Like I was just kind of over myself a little bit. And so, um, the opportunity arose again to rejoin and, 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 you know, the business was stable and my life was in a good place and I was wanting to be open to learning and growth. And, you know, this, the timing was right. Yeah. It's been awesome awesome this time. Yeah. Yeah, It's been really awesome. Well, what, what has been, what has been awesome about the course? Um, for me, it's so, some stuff that might seem basic to other people, but literally just getting my finances under control. I've always had an unhealthy relationship with money and I, I make a, a decent amount now and my relationship with it hasn't changed. So um, being able to just look at my budget and be able to understand where that money was going has reined in so much, yeah. right? Just the sheer amount of food I was, time I was spending dining out, I was spending money. I was getting too much salt in my diet. My blood pressure was way up. I was going to be on blood pressure medication. It was like all these residual effects of just not having self-control and wanting to dine out to feel something, yeah. right? That was kind of like my trigger. So I was, it was having all these huge effects in my life that have toned way down, right? I still like going yeah. out to eat probably more than I should, Yeah, sure. but it's, it's much, much less than it was. And I wasn't expecting the spiritual session this time around to have as much of an impact as it did on me. I, there's a lot of just thought processes that I had my whole life that I've realized were the right thoughts, but pointed in the right direction. And that's kind of been the last few months has been really, really eye-opening for me around the spiritual stuff we've done. That's been the best part so far, for sure. What has been eye-opening for you about the spirituality session? Just the fact that every moment is rare. And because every moment is rare, it's also completely normal. And the, yeah. the, the thought process around that has been so eye-opening to allowing other people's thoughts to enter my world, right? Which is something I've never been really great at. Um, but more importantly, just my ability to let go of stuff. You know, you, you said it, Michael Singer said it. I even saw Bruce Lee on Instagram saying it a real the other day, like, just be like the water, right? Yeah. I was so concerned with being the rock in the middle of the river that was trying to hold back the water. And it turns out it's just easier to be the water and go around the damn rock. And I think it was just a weird well little said. mental shift, but it's been so much easier just to flow around stuff. And again, not perfect at it at all. Carpool line drove me insane this morning, but <laughs> you know, it's better than it was. So yeah. Yeah. I'll take it. What does personal growth mean to you? Man. Um, for me, if people in my life started saying that I was consistent and reliable, that would probably be the greatest thing that I can hear for me to be consistent to those that I make promises to, and that they can rely on me has probably been the biggest piece of feedback in my adult life about why most of my relationships have been difficult. And I think now just like, if I can grow into that person that people really, truly can rely on, they know Matt's going to show up when he says he's going to show up. They know he's going to do what he says he's going to do. He's going to commit to the things and stay with them. That would probably be one of the biggest, like just signs of my personal growth. Cause that's not something that I think people typically associate with me in all aspects all the time, you know? And, and how are, how is that showing up in your life now? Um, simple stuff like meditation and journaling, really yeah. small habits at first and, and gi- giving myself some grace and permission to not knock it out of the park every time. Like I've said before, I, I get really caught up in, um, having streaks of things. And then when the streak breaks, I'm like, Oh, might as well stop that now. You know? So just having more consistency in those, those small little habits and asking myself more questions, right? Just, you know, you, you've said it before, ask yourself, how, how do I want to show up today? Or how do I want to show up in this meeting? It's a really simple question, but I think if you ask it enough times a day, it brings a certain awareness, um, for me at least that allows me just to be a little more introspective. And if I do that 1% better every day, I mean, I'll take it. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, one of the things you, you, you texted with me, um, I don't know how long ago it was, but you talked about how 
you know, it's something that used to bother you in a way and it no longer bothered you in the way that it used to, it no longer offends you. And so this is not like the, the real kind of like cool definition of spiritual personal growth in your life is that, you know, when, when something that used to bother you, like a carpool lane, maybe used to call you to go like ballistic. And now it's just a little irritation. Right. And it's, or like, you know, you go two minutes without even realizing that you're in a carpool and, uh, or the lane is backed up until you realize, Hey, it's been five minutes and it didn't really bother me. Now it's starting to bother me, but right. Like it's, that's the stage I'm in right now. Yeah. <laughs> but it's the awareness around that, right. That is what waking yeah. up means. Waking up means aware that like, Hey, I know this is happening and the real growth is, is, is recognizing that, um, it, a, it didn't bother me for a little while. Cause it's not like this, this all of a sudden, this personal growth is not like this. All of a sudden it's just, you're, it's gone, right? That's what people want it, right? They want the quick fix for it. And as we'll go to Amanda in a second, but like I was, but I, I, uh, I love the the growth that you're on Matt and the dedication that you've put. Um, and I think for you, what's really switched is that uh, and you kind of alluded to it is you're no longer working on you just to work on you. You're working on you for your son. And I yeah. think that's really, really remarkable. And that's that shift of why you're staying so focused and what you're doing. And, um, and the, cause it's really hard. All of this is really hard. And part of the, you know, part of the thing, with cool thing with project you is that, um, we led you to escape, but the reality is, is that, um, project you is designed because we didn't want people to be able to escape for a year. It's really because people go to a training and they get, you know, it's like a warm bath. They feel good from it. And it's there until it gets cold and then they stop doing it. And so that's the whole thing about this is that the whole year transformation is fully focused on, and I think this goes for anybody, whether it's Project You or anything that you're doing, it needs to be a lifetime experience, right? You can't be wealthy for a day and you can't be healthy for a day. So it's sustaining those things throughout. Um, walk me through a little bit about from your, from the business side, in the beginning, you said, you know, you're, you're scraping by for finances. Now you're saying, you're, I, you know, you're making a little bit of money, which I know you're doing really, really well. Um, how has that changed in your life? You know, part of partnership, right? I think part of one of the things that was also really key during that first project you was Brian, my business partner was not really in my life. It was very, very new at the time. Um, Allowing myself to relinquish control over stuff was a huge part of that partnership even starting, right? Or maybe being so completely broken down that you just didn't care about control anymore. That's probably more accurate. But just being able to partner with somebody who Brian and I, for all intents and purposes, married each other, right? That was our business relationship. I don't want to do anything with him without him for the rest of my life when it comes to vacations and business and all those things. So it putting the right people in my life and and allowing them to hold me accountable. Um, I don't even really like the word accountable because I don't think anybody holds you accountable, but just allowing them to have input in how, um, I make decisions and recognizing that those decisions affect other people's lives. Right. That's been one of the biggest changes. And then through that, we've been able to be our authentic selves, which has allowed people to see who we really are and make a decision on whether or not partnering with us makes sense. And through that, we've been able to partner with the right people. And now we have a whole family culture over here. There's 30 people on this team. And I think everybody legitimately gets along. They do stuff together. We have trivia night. So now it's this whole ecosystem of humans and emotions and caring that would have never existed had I just continued to try to grind along on my own. And that's, that's been more than anything, why the business has been successful is the people that are involved in it for sure. Yeah. And I, and I think with you too, is, is the change that you've made has actually allowed that the business relationships to become even stronger. Yes. You, I mean, you, you were there for the first 18 months when I was flying solo on this, it yeah. was super smooth. You know yeah. what I mean? Just being able to do this with other people really fills me up. Right. I don't necessarily need to be the name on the sign or the guy with the label. I need to be the person 
that like is in the relationships. That's what fills me up a lot. So, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, yeah. thanks, Matt. I love you, buddy. And yeah. uh, appreciate Absolutely, it. Man. Hang on for a little bit. Yeah. We're going to go to Amanda. I think the best story about Amanda, who's just an unbelievable human being and so much fun for the group. And I think we all agree with that um, is the first time uh, Amanda took it. And this is your, you, know, you took it for a second year this year, but the, the first time we get there and Amanda's very, um, by the book. She wants rules. She wants agenda and all these different things, at least at that time she was. And so we're in the first project due session. We're about four hours into the first uh, session of project due. And, and nobody really knows each other at this point, by the way. Right. Like, so everyone's kind of getting to know each other and feel it out. And Amanda's like, excuse me, I have a question. And, uh, I was like, Whoa, you just tell by the energy that it was going to be one of those questions. Right. And, uh, and, and she's kind of holding her hand up there looking at me like fiercely, like I'm going to like take you down with my eyes types type stare. And, uh, she, uh, she's like, um, I see this agenda here and we're, we're not, we're on, we're on slide two and we're four hours through this. We're not going to get to the slides and what are we going to do here? How come we're not on this topic yet? And all this and just going through is like, it just, it made me laugh. Um, and the whole, whole group. And we kind of look back at that as, as to, um, you know, really who you were, right. And there's nothing wrong with that, right. Just kind of how you showed up then versus, you're not even looking at the agenda anymore. So Amanda, um, I'd love to thank you for being on here today, but love you kind of take us through your journey, um, personally, business-wise, family-wise, uh, all that throughout the last couple of years. Well, thank you, Adam, for having me. And it's actually the perfect introduction because what you just described is exactly what I needed to let go of. And that type of expectation on life and the world and every situation around me and the need to control everything was actually holding me back. And it's, you know, at my age, it's a hard thing, maybe at any age, but it's a hard thing after so many years of of having that, um, relationship with the world, it's really hard to let that go. And, you know, my experience in that, you know, first session, and by the way, Mia, who's on here contributed to my frustration, that very first <laughs> retreat. And now she's one of my favorite, most favorite humans on the planet. Uh, but she and Eric were taking us way off the agenda with all their questions and back and forth conversation. And, uh, which just opened my eyes to so many amazing things. So, I'm thankful for that experience, but that describes it. If you want to know in a nutshell, what am why Amanda needed project you, um, you know, I, I have a big ego. I don't know that I've ever said that before actually. And it's not, I've never looked at it as a mean style ego, right? You have a lot of people who are like really mean and um, hurtful with their ego. Mine is just, my ego likes to be fed with, um, validation and, you know, words of affirmation, like you did a good job or you're amazing, whatever that is. Right. And I really like attention. I, I love to be the, in the center of everything because I just really love to be liked, um, and love to be loved. And so what project you first and foremost has really done for me, uh, that has made the most impact is by far showing me it's like a mirror, you know, um, of, of who you are and it allows you to, you know, really look at yourself and say, well, who do I really want to be? Cause that's not pretty. Um, and so the, the whole year long thing, I mean, it is so true. You can't just go for a weekend. Um, and I always have withdrawals after our weekends together, but, um, you know, we get to see each other every, you know, other week on camera. So that's great. You know, we're on calls and in relationships with each other, but, uh, the whole process is really, I like to think of it as like an exchange of energy, um, and you're, you're in this place, um, 
physically some, you know, four times a year, but then metaphorically and virtually you're in this place with these people who all understand that there is a better way of being, um, and better way just means, um, happiness over the, the torture and the suffering that we put ourselves through. Um, and mine derived is derived from all the expectations that I have on every situation from going out to eat at a restaurant and it wasn't the way it should have been or going into, you know, a retreat with Adam Hergenrother and like, you know, berating him. I didn't break it, but I was nice. I was, I was respectful, but yes, I was like, why are we not forceful with the agenda? Forceful. Okay. Aggressive. You might yes. say, but you know, that's not how I want to be. Um, I actually want to enjoy it. And I do now, yeah. is it perfect? No. I mean, you know, Matt described it so great. Like you still have things that you will always have to work on. Like it's a lifelong journey, but my life is infinitely different. Um, and there's so much more to go, but I'm just saying like, uh, the awareness, the knowing of, you know, how you were behaving and how you were showing up, um, versus the fact that, Hey, you could just like set that down over there, that suffering, and you can actually choose to be happy. Um, I mean, that's so simple, but it was really life-changing for me. Well, thank you. That's beautifully said. What do you, um, well, one of the other things that I remember we, we, you were looking for in the beginning was a, like a five-step, 10-step plan to get better, right? Like type thing. It's if I could put it in those words for you. And uh, I can see everyone else laughing. It, it's, it, and you were looking for that. You're like, this isn't hard now that I got the plan. And then I think it may have been hard. like, like six or seven. Yeah. You go, I get this now. This isn't hard. I, I, I can do this. Like tomorrow I'm going to be like a changed person. And then like six or seven months later, and I remember we were in a session and, and you kind of, you just had this look on you and you're like, this is the hardest thing I've ever done. Explain yeah. that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I think that, I mean, especially me, you know, where we are in our world. I mean, there's so many supposed quick fixes for everything. And there's a 12 step program for this and six keys to happiness and all these things that you put out. And, you know, Adam, you explain it in, in our sessions, you know, there are lots of tactics, right? Um, there are lots of little, you know, tricks that you can do to try to help you stay on course, but there is not a quick fix. And, Honestly, I didn't, I, I didn't know until really recently, um, I'm dealing with some things, you know, with my health coach and, you know, just some things I've become aware of through project U, but, um, it was the quick fix is about not experiencing any pain and not suffering through the hard work, like, and also the avoidance of the truth. I don't want to look at like who I became and, and what I've done and, you know, what habits, um, that I have that I don't like. And so, you know, project you, you know, people talk about like an out-of-body experience. So, you know, people might die and like rise above themselves and then come back alive or whatever. But this is literally like an out-of-body, out-of-mind because you're, you are taught and kind of walked through how to step outside your mind to actually get to, you know, the, the, the person or, or the, the being that's in there. Um, and your mind tells you all kinds of horrible things, but, you know, the, the whole thing around wanting that plan was really to avoid the real work, um, and kind of letting the emotions go through you. I like to build up a wall against them, um, you know, but actually letting them pass through you. So you don't hold on to them. Um, I don't know if that, that answers it, but that's great. Okay. I loved how you said that it was like you, people that want the agendas, want the things to be able to look forward to this. It's like you, you're preventing 
the experience from actually happening by living in the future of some future agenda that needs to be hit. And you stay in that moment instead of actually experiencing the life. Um, and just to see the the change in you personally from where you were to where you are today is pretty remarkable. So what do you think was the most impactful session? Was it health or business or spirituality or leadership relationships or, you know, which one really kind of stood out for you or, or maybe at different times? Honestly, the most impactful has been the spirituality. Yeah. And that's because I come from a religious family. Um, I grew up in deep, you know, Christian religion and, you know, different, um, rules and just, you know, you got to do certain things. Okay. And so I came in this thinking, Oh, you know, health, I need that. Wealth, I need that, you know, leadership and relationships. I can always get better in that. You know, I lead an organization. Um, and I, uh, I, that spirituality thing, I could just kind of, you know, sit back and, and watch cause I was afraid of it. Cause I didn't understand yeah. cause I knew it wasn't going to be, you know, we're not learning about necessarily Jesus Christ as savior. Um, but that the spirituality piece is nothing like I thought it was going to be. And it's everything that I didn't know I needed. And, you know, if you ask me some specific things, I'm sure I can answer them, but the overall gist of that comes from, uh, in, in the sessions, you know, when you talk about it is just the knowing and until, you know, you don't know. I mean, you, you can say the analogy better than I can, but how can you describe to someone who's never had an orange, what an orange tastes like, right? Um, that comes from Adam's analogy. And so that's sort of what I would say about the spirituality and about anyone looking into this is that you don't know. And uh, until you do, and when you do, it's, it's, it's just a whole nother realm uh, of a way of thinking, a way of being, um, a way of awareness, I would say. And, and I will say that specifically awareness, literal awareness of how you are responding and reacting throughout the day has been the biggest impact on me. Because again, that aggressiveness and that first session that, you know, got me all frustrated and disturbed is a word that we use a lot in Project U. And I've been a very disturbed person on the inside uh, when my expectations are not met. And now I can be aware of it almost immediately. I don't always catch it. I don't always get it right. And I have to go back and apologize, but I get it right a lot more now than I did before, um, which has just improved relationships, you know, tremendously because you're treating people better um, because you're aware of, of how you are and how you're acting. Yeah, it's it's funny. I think a lot of people join Project U um, because they see me as wealthy, and so they want to build wealth, which is one thing. And I think it's it's the and a few people join for just the spirituality session, but most people I'd say it's like health and wealth, right? They kind of see that and they're like, "What's this? I don't really need this." But for doing it for four years now, it's it's it is that spirituality that always gets everybody. And it's it's funny when you see people are like, "I never thought this was gonna happen. I'm scared to do this," but now it's like the, I I can't even. I don't want to understand where to begin to explain it. Like when you get done a, a weekend from the spirituality session, people are like, how do I tell anybody what we did? Right? Like it's, it's uh it's, it's a pretty neat thing. And I think that's the gift in business is that you can kind of, um, you get to show up and, and bring what you think is the most value to individuals. And I think all those segments have values and they're really important and they're, they're lessons and the whole thing, like even in our call today, before this one, we were talking a lot about health again, even though we're in spirituality session, because that's really important too. But man, at the end of the day, what people really want is they want absolute freedom, which is the freedom to be able to move through the world undisturbed. 
And if you can move through the world undisturbed, then everything else becomes easier. And that's your health does, your wealth does, your leadership and relationships, how you communicate, the emails you type, you know, how you look at an how you look at an employee, how you look at a client, everything changes because you've changed. And then all the other things are just techniques and methods to keep you there long enough that build better habits to work on yourself. And so they're all kind of designed to build up into the spirituality session, which then allows you to really do the deep inner work. Uh, and that's a very, that's a lifelong lesson. That's just, that never ends. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's been amazing actually bringing that back, um, into my home life, you know, my family, um, but also in my, in my business and yeah. being able to share, you know, um, the, just the awareness around, you know, letting expectations go choosing, you know, happiness, you know, just some of the things that, that, um, I've learned and, you know, I really love people. I, I like it when people do what I want them to do, but I really love people. And I, I always worry that people don't know it yeah. because I can be tough and I can be like to the point and like, I've got to get my way. Right. And so I really, this has really helped me to be able to express, um, that the love of them as a person while we're still addressing any of the things in the business. And so we make it a point to have personal growth lessons every week. And that's a direct impact from project to you. It's just kind of taught me how to weave that in, um, and empowering others who are better at it than me to weave it in as well. So it's just, it's been a game changer. Awesome. Well, I love who you are. Thank you so much for being love here you. today and, and for being at Project U. Mia, you. how are you? I am well. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. So I, you know, you're, you've, um, our kind of journey even started before Project U when, when I, when I taught a class down in your area. And I remember just staying in communication with you. And there was even something in the class. I don't remember exactly what it was, but I thought we'd start there. Do you remember that? That first class, you asked a question and you and I got into like a, like a dialogue in front of the whole room for about 10 minutes. Do you remember that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That checks out too, with what Amanda said about our first project you together. It's just, you know, let's be real. It wasn't 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I don't remember what sparked it, but yeah. I, all I remember was, um, listening to you talk was showing up like how my brain was thinking inside. And I didn't have anyone else to talk to about it at that time. I was on a, I didn't realize the journey that I was in. I didn't know why I was where I was. Um, and the, everything that you were saying out loud was resonating with me. And so I felt like, okay, this, this is a person I could talk to you about what's going on with my relationship with my mom. And what I really wanted you to do was justify, um, essentially give me the permission to not have a relationship with her yeah. and to justify all of the reasons that I was And you wouldn't do that, <laughs> which was perfect. Um, and typical of Adam. Um, but in the best way, um, you know, and, and God, we've been on a journey with that too. I mean, that's finally come full circle, but, um, you, uh, that journey started because you immediately were not going to let me off the hook and you held me accountable to my thoughts and, um, you wouldn't, you just wouldn't let me off the hook with it. Yeah. So walk us through a little bit about, um, which maybe which session has been more impactful for you, what has kind of unfolded or maybe different seasons of your life. You've been here on this journey with, with us for a couple of years now, which has been remarkable. Um, and going to continue the journey on, you're going to actually be helping out with project do as we go forward. So kind of walk us through maybe something that stood out to you in one of those four segments or, um, at different seasons of your life. Yeah. Um, the first session was all about spirituality 
And although my, um, the box checker in me really wanted to show up in the physical realm and the financial realm and the relationship realm, um, the work that the, just the place that I was at at the time, the work that I was doing, there was no space for anything else. And I had done, you know, the races and I did the, the marathon and the half marathon and then the extreme triathlon. And, um, I had gained a bunch of weight from that. And so the physical, portion was the part that I really wanted, um, to see show up well for me. But the only reason I was at project you, cause I didn't really understand everything else up until that point was the spiritual side. And, um, you know, I share this every day, probably in, in the coaching that I do with others about not picking up the rope. And, um, that sticks with me still. I mean, that's, that was one of the most tangible things. Cause you know, I want to, I want to understand every detail of every little thing. And I wanted to, I wanted to be able to resonate with me because I, I just have that my brain works and I'm a concentric thinker. And so I really want to see all the moving parts. And that was so simple. It was, um, I, I constantly engaged every thought that I had. I constantly engaged every emotion that I had and wrestled it to the ground or so I thought I was and was just like you will explain yourself to me and you will make sense and you will fit into this box that I've made for you and um learning like getting the visual of the NFL team being on one side of the rope and me being on the other side of the rope and me picking up the rope and playing tug of war and and thinking for one second that I stand a chance in this battle and like you're like just let go of the rope (laughs) don't pick up the rope Mia. And, um, it, it was pivotal. It was, it was truly pivotal. But, um, what I realized was when I, every time I came back from a project you, and I would connect with my friends after a few days of being away from each other, we'd go get, you know, wine and cheese. And, um, I just related less and less to everyone around me. Um, and I at, at first felt insecure about that. Um, it was a concern for me because relationships really mattered because yeah. for a really long time, my worth was derived from the validation that others gave me. And then, um, you know, every time I'd come back after a project, you, that spirituality piece, you know, we'd go deeper and deeper. And now honestly, it doesn't matter if it was physical, if it was spiritual, if it was finances or whatever, we always got into the personal growth stuff. We always got into that spiritual um, portion and we still do. And eventually I started asking, you know, what was important to me about maintaining those relationships and what part of me was showing up in those relationships and why was I holding on to it so deeply? You know, what was, what was it, what did it matter? And, um, and, and, you know, the level of the people in my world started to rise up and I was able to have better conversations that grew me as a person. And then it became a, a village of people pouring into me and, you know, including you. Yeah. Um, you talked earlier about coming full circle with your mom. Um, walk us through that personal journey, because I think a lot of people have some sort of relationship with either a partner or a family member, brother or sister, or somebody that was there that they're, that they're listening right now, knowing that they should be an action taken, but most likely <laughs> justifying why there isn't. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm just curious how you leaned really into that. Yeah. Uh, painfully, um, you know, there were two relationships that played a part in this experience. And one was the relationship with Tom and one was the relationship with my mom. And, um, both, 
both were totally different, but same concept. Um, I have a really difficult history with my mom and a difficult past with my mom. And, uh, if you met her, if any one of you met her, you'd love her. She's awesome. She's a very loving person, but, um, really struggled as a parent. And, um, and so that put me into position of parent at, you know, a very young age at nine years old, raising, you know, my younger siblings. And we went through a lot of trauma and, um, you know, a lot of uncomfortable situations. And so, um, you know, one day we had a blow up around that. It finally all came to the surface and, and all of the kids finally were able to speak their piece about the experience they had because of our past. And it was the first time I was like, oh, I don't have to keep this relationship with my mom. And that's where the turmoil began because I was also learning about boundaries and how to hold boundaries for myself. And that's also when you came into the picture and I wanted to, that to be justified that I could hold this boundary. And, um, you know, I later learned that like, if I'm not safe, it's okay to hold the boundary. Like if, if I'm, yes. if I'm not safe, it's okay for me to say, you know, this relationship that's not going to happen. But actually what I was avoiding was leaning into understanding myself better because, uh, what I'm really actually afraid of, or what I was really actually afraid of, and that still shows up for me in a big way was becoming the version of her that hurt me. And there were her and I are so similar in so many ways that that self-hatred, a lot of self-hatred showed up in that um, experience between understanding um, what I was upset with her, about her. And I would kind of obsess about it, you know, like it would be an insult, you know, you're like, you're just like mom, you're acting just like mom right now. Like that would really hurt my feelings and upset me. And I had to come to terms with, there's a lot of amazing things about her and that she does really well that are really beautiful about her. And I have a lot of those things too. And so the more I could fall in love with the good things about her, the more I could learn to love her. But what I wasn't giving her was compassion. And actually the more compassion that I withheld from her because she was having her own experience. Um, she still is. And it's really hard to watch because, you know, she's still, she's pretty much homeless, you know, yeah. um, she having compassion for her withholding it from her withheld it for myself. And I also realized, you know, if I, maybe if I try to understand her more, I'll understand myself more. And so there was a part of me that, um, did, I just didn't want to go to that dark place. I just wanted to be okay with being okay. <laughs> like, you know, like I just moving it through me, but like those samskaras are like no joke. Like that, that is so deep seated. There's so much trauma built in there and you can't, you cannot avoid it and you cannot push it down and pretend that it's not going to show up. And so, um, it's not, and it, I'll tell you, it's not like her and I had this like amazing conversation and we broke through and we cried and we totally healed. It just, you know, I recently found out I'm pregnant and it started out with me just talking her to her about yeah. the pregnancy. And, um, you know, that was the first conversation and, uh, there weren't tears and it wasn't like this super emotional thing, but it was a step. Yeah. How do, you're one of the most authentic people that I know. So how do you show up authentically? Um, and how has that kind of transformed over the last couple of years? Um, <laughs> I, I had to, uh, be willing to see the parts of me that I didn't want to believe were there. And, um, it was a survival, it was a survival technique growing up, but it, it no longer served me. I was really manipulative and, um, not 
to hurt people, but to get what I needed. Um, and I didn't, I realized I could actually um, emotionally manipulate people with my story. You know, I shared this a little bit on our last project year on the fire yeah. of how like my story my, of my past started becoming a script to hotwire connection. Mm. And, um, that, when that came to the surface for me, when I had true awareness of that, I was, I felt a lot of shame, first of all, because I genuinely don't want to behave that way or be that kind of person. I also had to see the good things about it because to have a, to naturally be someone who can connect on a deep level with people is a gift that I love to share with others. And, um, it wasn't that the approach was no longer serving myself or anyone else. And so, um, that authenticity comes from my desire to truly be seen and to truly see others. And when I truly see myself, like I have to take ownership of the parts of me that show up that aren't serving my greater good or my highest self. And so, um, I'm not afraid to, share those vulnerabilities anymore because they don't get power over me. And so authenticity becomes really easy when you're not hiding from your ugly and your good. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the, you're perfect being imperfect, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it's really what yeah. it is. And, it's, and that's actually kind of a power, you know, that yes. I'm like, okay, don't wield this one, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> no, but like it, it can, it can be a, a power too, because um, it just doesn't like your, your suffering doesn't get to own you anymore when you're just authentic. And I just don't where, want to suffer anymore. Yeah, no, absolutely. Where, where did you, what is a small habit that if somebody's listening to this and saying, Hey, where would I start? I love, I want to be able to start sharing some of these and I ask this to all of you, uh, Mia, you can start, but like, what is it? Where, yes. where do people start with like one small, you know, consistency is the most important thing in life. And that's whether that's in fitness, whether that's spirituality, whether that's in business, any of those things, it's consistency and then the habits mm -hmm. that you build around the consistency. So where would be like a small habit or something? Where would, where would somebody start? Thought feeling was a big one for me when I started going down this journey. And it's um, the practice of like when a thought shows up or a feeling shows up that I just identify it as a thought or a feeling. And it's kind of akin to like, don't pick up the rope, but it was a technique that helped me start to understand my patterns and just gain some self-awareness. So like when I would um, be unkind to myself, I'd look in the mirror, maybe not like what I saw and I'd say some savage shit to myself. I'd be like, that's a thought. <laughs> I love that. That's a thought. It is. Yeah. Or, you know, if I, um, you know, maybe I had had more than two glasses of wine and I felt uh, guilty about that. Um, and I started to self-deprecate, I'd say, mm, that's a feeling and, um, and not being like, and I feel that way because this, and this happens every single time. And it's because you're like this and because you did X, Y, Z, but just the practice of leaving it right there. And, you know, over time I started being able to recognize what triggered that, yeah. what part of me did that come from? What pattern am I repeating right now? And it just helped me to gain self-awareness, but it just started with thought feeling. I love that. I love that. And you keep talking about the, the story of the rope, which is really for people that haven't heard that is, is most of us are holding on to something in life that we just need to let go of, but we think we can't. So the analogy that kind of goes on, if you're playing tug of war with an NFL team and, you know, for years you tried different techniques, you tried changing your feet, you tried changing your approach, you tried changing it. You try to change everything. And all you're trying to do is get home, right? You're just trying to get home hundred yards away, but you can't get home. You can see it. You can 
the understand is right there, but you just can't get there. And one day the, the Yoda walks up to you and just says, Hey, just let go of the rope. And you're like, well, I can't let go of the rope. If I let go of the rope, it, they're going to pull me everywhere. So it's like you, if I just let go of the rope, I'm just going to be dragged everywhere. And the actually opposite is true. When you let actually go of the rope, they can't pull you anywhere. Mm-hmm. It's the, it's the, like your feelings or your thoughts is just kind of what you're talking about. Can't pull you if you don't touch them. Mm-hmm. If you're holding on to a thought or a feeling way beyond after the thought or feeling has occurred, then it's in control of you. It's actually the opposite. By letting go of that, you actually become clear of the experience and you can actually take the correct action to change the life situation, to get home, change the business. If you're losing money, there's an action that needs to be take. If you want to lose weight, there's an action that needs to be take. But if you're caught in thinking mind versus actually the clarity of the moment and being able to respond in the right action, um, until you're at that place, you're not actually making the highest probability of being in alignment with life. You're actually making, mm-hmm. you still may get there. It just becomes harder, right? Mm-hmm. It's like the, the natural gradient of water always flows downhill. If it's flowing downhill, you can take a bucket and pick it up and you can go bring it 300 yards uphill, but over, and it may not get there fast, but over time it's going to evaporate, go back up in the sky, come back down and go to its original source. So you can suffer or, or, or you can find a way to find the natural gradient of things, um, getting out of the way, letting go of the rope. And Matt said earlier as well as like, stop being the rock in the middle of it. And all of that, you know, if you, you realize at some point in time that, you know, you think you're drowning and, and you'll go to kind of, grab the rock that you think is holding you down and you realize it's your left hand, right? It's like, you're the one actually causing all of this. You're the one that's in the way. And when you let go of that rope, you real the realization happens is that I was the one blocking me in the first place. And, and so I just want to clarify for that people. So thanks for bringing that up. Matt, what about you? Where would people start? You know, mine was in my morning. I was, and I will start breakfast this by saying I'm not an insane person like Adam. I don't know what 4 a.m. looks like, but I know what 6 a.m. looks like, right? And so um, I just, I had a lot of guilt the night before around not going to bed early enough to wake up in the morning and do a couple of simple tasks like meditating for 20 minutes and journaling. And I was allowing the night before to set up my attitude for the day before. I was setting the next day up for so much failure mentally because I was just in my own head about not being an early riser. And just the action of getting up at 6 a.m. has allowed me to extend nighttime at so much grace because that's now my downtime. I don't need to try and squeeze work in there to get more things done because I wasn't uh, accomplished in the morning or the early part of my day because I was down on myself and kind of doing that guilt shame cycle thing. Like you didn't do anything last night. Might as well not do anything today. Right. You know what I mean? And just sitting there spinning in that. And just the simple act of getting up in the morning gave me so much mental relief from, from the guy I was the night before it's changed the entire way I look at myself. Right. I'm kind of like me. I can tell myself some pretty negative stuff. Right. And the thing is, I don't, vocalize it externally. I say it all in my head. So then it just rattles around in there and it gets reinforced like louder and louder and louder. Right. And so just doing that little thing that I was able to look at the, the little kid inside me who was disappointed or the teenager inside me who's, who gets frustrated and be like, Hey dude, you, you did good today. Like there's no reason to be upset. There's nothing. We, we gave it our all today. Just kind of changed the way I started looking at mornings and just the simple act of getting up had this weird domino effect on, on a whole lot of other things, mostly my mindset. And that was, that. that was pretty cool. Yeah. It. Thanks for sharing. What about you, Amanda? Yeah. So, um, I have two that have been very impactful for me. So we, we get access to a lot of, um, resources, um, content material, you know, through project you where that's books, podcasts, actual people. Um, and one of the things that I, my negative self-talk 
um, has always told me is like, I'm not smart enough, or I don't know enough about this to get to the next level and whatever it is I'm trying to get to. And so one of the things that I started doing, I, I used to use the car anytime I was driving, um, anywhere, whether it was to a meeting or just run errands or whatever as an escape. And so it'd be music or I might drive through and get food and eat lunch in the car while I'm doing my errands. It just felt like an escape for me. And so now instead, um, I take that time and it's become a habit of mine where if I'm, you know, taking a a break and I'm going to, I got to drive to a meeting or I'm running errands, I'm listening to a podcast or I'm listening to a book around something that I feel inadequate around and not being negative about myself. There are things I need to learn still, right? I don't know it all. So that's one is actually just changing something that wasn't actually filling my bucket um, that I still have to do. I still got to drive places. So I make that my time of pouring into myself and and learning. So um, that might be kind of that habit stacking thing, right? You got to drive anyway. So why not do something good? And then the other one was um, it seems so obvious, but in order to have like a good morning routine, you got to go to bed at a decent time. And so I would just stay up. And I mean, and, and, it was funny because the earlier I had to get up, the later I'd stay up because I was anxious about having to get yeah. up. Yes. And so yes. sometimes now, yeah, I mean, it's silly, right? And like the night before a trip, you got to make it to the airport. Like, no, nah, I'm not getting any sleep. It's just not happening. Yeah. But so that habit of going to bed, um, I, I need seven hours and I know that. So I just calculate back and I got to get that seven hours. And then every once in a while I will indulge and I'll watch, you know, seven episodes of Yellowstone and then I'll go to bed at one. It's fine. What is it called? It's called the, um, Hallie, what is it? We, we did a, we talked about this on one of our podcasts. Revenge it's bedtime a, procrastination. Yes. Revenge. Oh, I need to listen to that then. I'm bedtime procrastination. It's a real thing. It's like all of a sudden as bedtime starts to approach, you're going, I'm not going to bed. I got my free time now. I'm here. Damn it. Bedtime's not taking me. Right. It's like you just, you start putting those up and it, you actually, when you think about it, it's, it's so true too. Right. You're just like, I'm not going to bed. No, I'm not. I just, my time. Right. And then, <laughs> then you wake up in the morning, realize I should have gone to bed earlier. <laughs> it's yes. just, you kind of fight that whole thing. Yes. Yeah, it's awesome. You know, what's really cool is um, the, uh, and I I appreciate you all coming here today and spending your time um, kind of sharing this because people will hear this. I just think it's remarkable that we're having this conversation. It's just in business and just how much people are interested in these conversations. You know, um, 15 years ago, this wouldn't even really be a topic of conversation, right? Nobody would really pay attention. Now I think people are waking up and realizing that, hey, there's way more to, to this whole life thing than just the doing something, right? There's way more to life than just acquiring or to set a goal and go after and get it, right? Those are all wonderful things, but they're completely, they're just things. They're just separate. People, places, and things, you know, those nouns, right? They are, they have nothing to do with you, the real you. And I think that's what people are craving is they're craving, how do I know who I really am? Right. And it's not the identity. It's not the self-concept. It's not your collection of things. It's not how much money you make. It's not the cars you drive. It's not the plane you have or the airport or whatever it is that you do. Those are all things and they're wonderful. Have them all. Don't have them all. It's irrelevant. But where people are really waking up and realizing is, is how do I, how do I, how do I become more in alignment with who I really am, but still show up every day and, and embrace the world, embrace the business world, which again is, you know, business meets spirituality was designed because for me, it was just to answer the same questions. It was almost like a therapy. I started the podcast. I mean, we don't allow sponsors on there or anything. It's just, I started this podcast as like a, as a way of self-therapy of kind of trying to answer my own question about how do I build a business yet at the same time, 
work on myself by not just being spiritual, but not sitting in a cave. And I think that's all of what you're all saying is that whether that's in your personal life and it extends beyond business, right? Sometimes I wish I didn't call it business meets spirituality, which is like life and spirituality. Cause that's really all that it is, is every moment of your life in your personal life with your kids. I mean, being a parent is really hard, right? <laughs> Good luck, Mia, right? It's just really, it's, it's really hard. It, I looked at my wife the other day and, and she was just having one of those moments and you guys all know Sarah. And I just looked at her and said, don't worry, it's okay it's really hard being a parent, right? Cause just, and she's like, yes, it is. And I'm like, yeah, it's okay. Give yourself that credit. It's really hard building a business. It's really hard life. If we make it that there's challenges. So again, you get behind all of that so you can freely go through there and, and enjoy all of it. Look, the experience of things is just experience. Losing money feels different than making money. A rattlesnake is different than a butterfly. Having your alone time versus having to be on somebody else's time feels different but it's all just the experience. And they're going, how do I deal with all of that and have enthusiasm, peace, and joy? And that's what I love hearing from all of you guys about how do, how do people start getting there and bringing that into the business conversation. So thank you all for being here. I really appreciate you all. Thanks for all having right. us. So yes, by the way, before I forget, the, uh, I want to let everybody know that um, we had hundreds of people uh, send in their QR code at Family Reunion for a free year right? $24,000 value, free year at Project U. And the winner is Elisa Howard. So Elisa, congratulations. Super excited for you. Um, and we're super excited that kicks off in June and Hallie will certainly get you all the details, but um, we're, we're pumped. <laughs> we're excited about it. And we're excited to kick off uh, a new packed class already uh, before we even open it up in June. So we're excited to see everybody in June for Project U. Thanks guys. Hey, if you like this episode of Business Meets Spirituality, make sure to subscribe to this podcast before you go so you don't miss future episodes. Or visit our website, adamhergenrother.com. That's H-E-R-G-E-N-R-O-T-H-E-R to subscribe to our show wherever you listen to your podcast. And don't forget, never give up on joy.